This edition of the Bio Report is brought to you by the California Technology Council, providing discounts on products and services essential to every startup. For more information, visit californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Alzheimer's disease is the sixth leading cause of death, and it continues to rise. Today, it's costing the U.S. healthcare system $200 billion a year, and there are no therapies that prevent, halt, or reverse the disease's progression. United Neurosciences is taking a new approach to the disease with its endobody vaccines, a class of synthetic biologics it's developing to treat Alzheimer's and other CNS conditions. We spoke to A.J. Verma. Chief Medical Officer of United Neurosciences, about Alzheimer's, the company's platform technology, and the promise of enlisting the immune system in the fight against CNS diseases. AJ, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure to join you for this interview. We're going to talk about United Neurosciences. It's antibody vaccines, and its efforts to treat Alzheimer's and other neurodegenerative diseases. Let's start with Alzheimer's itself. What is it? How big a healthcare problem does it represent? And what are the treatment options and, and prognosis for patients today? You know, Alzheimer's is becoming one of the scariest diseases of our time. Um, it's something that puts people later in their life, and it's a slow deterioration of brain function starting with memory loss, the ability to recognize one's loved one, and eventually the ability to take care of oneself. And it's become a major problem because of its rapid rise. There are currently about uh, five and a half million individuals with Alzheimer's disease in the United States, nearly 50 million worldwide. In fact, the chance of getting Alzheimer's now, if you're over 65, is about one in 10. And if you're over 85, guess what? It's about one and two. And, you know, thanks to the advancements we have in heart disease and cancer, we're all going to live longer to these older ages where diseases like Alzheimer's really began to kick in. That's why Alzheimer's has really become the uh, sixth leading cause of death now. And it's the only one that continues to rise because we don't have any therapies for it. The symptomatic medicines do, you know, soften the blow a bit, but uh, the disease is relentlessly progressive. And there are no disease-modifying therapies available. It's so really currently Alzheimer's disease is costing us about two hundred fifty billion dollars in out-of-pocket expenses in the U.S. And this doesn't include all the uh, unpaid, unpaid uh, caregiver costs. So it's really a major problem, and it's linked to the rise in the aging population. That that's what we do. United Neurosciences is developing a new class of therapeutic vaccines called endobody vaccines. What are endobody vaccines? Well, most, most people are familiar with vaccines that they get to protect themselves against 
external pathogens like measles, tetanus, or the flu. But for some time now, people have also been trying to use vaccine approaches to target endogenous disease processes. So we know that monoclonal antibodies that target very specific disease-causing proteins are some of the most effective drugs today. And the thought has been to actually develop vaccines that allow an individual's body to generate his or her own antibodies against such bad proteins. So this, this sort of artificial inducement of physiological autoantibodies are what we internally call endobodies for short. And the class of vaccines that can induce these autoantibodies is what we call endobody vaccines. Of course, the challenge is really is in pulling this off safely, you know, without causing autoimmune diseases, which is what we focused on at United Neuroscience. Are, are there potentials for these vaccines to work as prophylactic vaccines as well? Absolutely. In fact, vaccines are probably the most effective and practical prophylactic therapies that humans have ever developed. You know, and since many neurodegenerative diseases do not come on until late in life, the vaccine approach for preventing these prophylactically is actually very appealing and makes a lot of common sense. And are these single-dose administration, or is this something that would require ongoing dosing? Do you know? You know, unlike vaccines against external pathogens, we're not looking for lifelong immunity here. This therapy is more like using monoclonal antibodies, except we're teaching the body to make its own versions of these. So the, in our therapies, the initial priming process is like a regular vaccine, with a few doses given in the first three months. But from there on, there are ongoing booster doses, either annually, maybe biannually. And these allow us to actually adjust the therapeutic tires as needed. It's much like, uh, you know, the current state of cardiovascular uh, therapies. We can ward off disease by keeping a biomarker in check. So many people can actually start therapies very early, keep their cholesterol low, with the knowledge that this will eventually ward off cancer disease. It's a whole different way of looking at the healthcare system rather than dealing with the problem once it's developed in a full-blown. You're enlisting the immune system to battle the deleterious proteins associated with Alzheimer's and other CNS diseases. Is there any concern that some of these proteins in smaller amounts may serve beneficial functions and that training the immune system to attack them could have other problems? I, I think that's been the challenge with trying to develop vaccines that target endogenous proteins. Now, we know from genetics that some of the proteins we're targeting, you know, are pathogenic and are involved in the disease process. Beta amyloid, for example, mutations in that are known to cause familial Alzheimer's disease. Now, it's the aggregated form of these proteins that actually cause the disease, which may be considered sort of unnatural or unhealthy. And it's specifically those aggregated forms that we're going after while leaving the most of the soluble uh, endogenous forms alone. I think that's one advantage of our technique and our approach. The other is that because we can actually uh, provide boosters and regulate the immune response as we want, we can always uh, slow it down if there's any problems and, and keep a protein in check you know, at a certain value if we want to. Well, your lead vaccine candidate is now in mid-stage clinical trials. What do we know about its safety profile to date? 
Well, we've just uh, reported on completing our phase one trial. Um, there were 19 subjects with Alzheimer's disease in that trial, and there was actually no concerning safety issues noted, just some local site reactions. And in fact, we're now halfway into our phase 2A study and have not seen any safety signals. In, in particular, this includes an absence of something called REA-E, which is a form of uh, brain swelling that is being seen with several of the monoclonal antibodies that are in development to target amyloid in Alzheimer's disease. Pleased with our safety profile so far. Do we know anything about its ability to halt or reverse cognitive decline at this point? Well, our phase one study was an open-label study, which had very small numbers. However, we did note that those subjects that had milder disease tended to have a slower decline when they were on therapy. Um, and this actually aided in, in planning out our phase two study, which is being performed in milder subjects. Other studies have recently shown that uh, removing amyloid from the brain can have a cognitive benefit. This is with monoclonal antibodies. And we're actually eagerly looking forward to our own phase two results with the endobody vaccines, which will evaluate both amyloid removal by PET imaging and uh, cognitive status. We've seen a number of therapeutic efforts targeting beta amyloid make it to late stage clinical trials only to fail. Does this suggest some fundamental misunderstanding of the biology underlying the disease? I think that's been one concern in the field. You know, we became so convinced that this is the target, and I think the genetics still continue to support that. So scientific community uh, totally believes this is a valid target. Um, I think the ability to execute a clean experiment or clinical trial to evaluate a therapeutic, um, the tools that we have to do those kind of experiments have improved quite a bit, as have the trial design. So all of the pre previous efforts, all of the previous efforts, we don't consider failures. They're actually learning opportunities. And we've learned how to do these trials better by focusing on particular stages of the disease, particularly early stage. Moreover, the um, development of PET imaging has actually allowed us to test the hypothesis that we're actually lowering amyloid with our anti-amyloid therapies. Prior trials didn't have that advantage. And they, for example, didn't know how many of the subjects that were identified as having dementia actually had amyloidopathy, if you will. So I think these improvements is, have are some of the advances that have led to a resurgence in our belief of this target. And as I mentioned, the recent success with some of the monoclonals that have shown that it's possible to lower brain amyloid and achieve some cognitive benefit are very encouraging for us. I, I know you're able to target some of the other suspect proteins in, in Alzheimer's. Is there any thought of developing something more akin to a combination therapy? Absolutely. In fact, that was uh, one of the things that attracted me uh, to this platform. Uh, the vaccine approach, as we know, is one of the most successful prophylactic strategies in medicine. But it's also probably the most successful combination therapy strategy in medicine. We know that we all get, you know, measles, mumps, and virus vaccine, uh, measles, mumps, and uh, rubella vaccine when we're kids. Um, we don't take monthly antibodies to ward off these diseases. We just need a vaccination. And so we actually think we can develop combination therapeutic vaccines that target a host of neurodegenerative proteins. In fact, it may be that at different stages of the disease, different pathologies kick in. It's believed that beta amyloid may start the injury cascade, but at some point it triggers the development of tau proteins and aggregates. 
And so we're actually actively working on vaccine approaches for those targets too. And as I mentioned, you know, our antibody vaccines uh, have, our endobody vaccines are rather differentiated from prior efforts. This has been tried before. However, previous attempts have actually run into a number of challenges. Safety has been the big one. Our ability to break what we call immune tolerance to self proteins in a safe way is a big distinguisher for us. For example, Elan's Pharmaceutical had a trial many years ago where they tried to develop a vaccine against beta amyloid. This trial was halted, however, due to T-cell-mediated meningoencephalitis. Our technology is actually able to specifically modulate components of the immune system in a safe way that has not been possible before. Our platform also elicits 100% immune response in our subjects. This is also not seen for most uh, vaccine efforts previously. So we think we have a safe platform that is uh, totally potent in its ability to go after different pathogens simultaneously. And we actually look forward to developing this for neurodegenerative diseases as monotherapy and as combination therapy. I know there's been some suggestion in, in past trials that have failed that the experimental drugs that were used had been successful on on parts of the the population but you know it hasn't been well teased out is there any effort to to stratify the patient population you're looking at or to get to patients who are earlier in the disease that's a fantastic question and i think again referring back to my heart disease analogy you know drugs that uh, lower cholesterol like statins and so on wouldn't work in late stages you know that's where you need uh, you know a bypass graft or something but early on in the disease, they may actually ward off the process from building up. What we know about neurodegenerative diseases is that they're very insidious. It takes about 10, 20 years for the pathology to build up, and quite a lot's built up by the time you actually start to feel the symptoms from it. So we think by timing the particular therapy that's commensurate with the stage of the pathology, you know, will give us a much better chance of success. So being able to stratify people finding them at various stages of the disease, making sure they have the pathology that you're actually targeting. You know, it, it seems like a simple task, but this has been a challenge previously. Unlike the blood or other organ systems, we can't just take a sample of the brain and see how much something is there, you know. So we have a disadvantage in that the nervous system is relatively inaccessible. So non-invasive imaging approaches, for example, where PET ligand can actually quantify how much amyloid or tau is in your brain, have been great advance for the field. This allows us to stratify patients based on those people having those pathologies. We no longer say someone just had heart disease. We say, oh, you have hypercholesterolemia, hypertriglyceridemia, arrhythmia, subtypes of the disease processes that lead to heart failure. In the same way, dementia is really a catch-all term, and it's likely there's many subpathologies that lead to dementia. Our ability to target in on those is what's going to help actually develop drugs for that specific pathology. And then, as I mentioned before, our ability to hit several of these pathologies in a combination way may be the most effective way to go. We mentioned you're in a mid-stage trial right now. What's the timeline going forward, and, and when might you actually be able to, to file for an approval? Well, we um, are halfway through our Phase 2A study. Uh, so we are attempting to determine proof of biology. Do we engage the target, and can we do this safely? We've 
like to expand that study to a phase 2B and eventually a phase 3 study. Um, the timeline is probably over the next several years, and we are uh, keeping our options open on which disease populations we go into and what kind of partnerships we have in that process. But I think we're kind of in the thick of things. Uh, we're part of the cohort of many trials that are running in the industry across many companies that are tri- that are trying to triangulate on these targets. And I think we're in a, a good place with sort of our fast follower strategy where we're learning from the successes and failures of others and optimizing our chances of, su- of success. So I would say we hope to bring our therapies to patients as soon as possible. And we look to do that in the next several years. And is the expectation that you would seek a partner to commercialize, or would you do this on your own? So we have several options, and our goal is really our guiding principle is to get medicines to patients as fast as possible. So we have many different options. We're fortunate in that we have a parent company that's been successful with this platform in animal health. And I think we're going to keep our options open right now and use uh, getting our medicines to patients as the guiding principle. A.J. Verma, Chief Medical Officer for United Neuroscience. A.J., thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, Subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.